broadcasting live. Weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. And we are listener-supported, sweet peas out there, so thanks for your support. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. Good afternoon. It's a, about quarter after the hour, quarter after 12 Central Time, where we broadcast in Texas. And everybody's moving to Texas. You may as well move here, too. Come on. The, the water's fine. The weather's fine. The girls are cute. So, hey, the boys are cute. I mean, come on. Just come. Just come on down. Um, let's see. Susan Bradford is here. Our phone lines are still having a bad hair day, but they're close. They actually knocked on my door, believe it or not. Seriously. When's the last time the phone company knocked on your door? Well, I had to talk to them every day for the last month, but they're here, and so they're going to figure out why our 800 line is not working. So that's coming soon. So this morning, or this afternoon, please use Patrick at One Radio Network. Dot com to join the show with Miss Bradford. We, we've had Susan on before, and she is a very interesting lady. She's written bunches of books, and uh, she has all of her stuff. Uh, you can go and see susanbradford.org, and she's an investigative journalist, and she serves the public interest. Well, what a concept. She holds a BA in English from UC Irvine and a master's in international relations from the University of Essex. My Uncle Tony used to have a lot of uh, international relations, but we can't talk about it because it was $200 an hour. Just kidding. Okay, now, and she was she's worked in some pretty far out, pretty cool places like the, check this out. She founded the European Review, the departmental publication for the Center of Our European Studies at Essex University. So she solicited, edited, and published contributions from leading heads of state on European integration in the Atlantic Alliance. So she really understands geopolitics, and most of her work now is to digging into all of these geopoliticians, like we're going to talk about today, and tell you stuff that you don't see at the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or online, and she tells you where the bodies are buried. And so we're going to talk with Susan Bradford now and uh, discuss a fellow by the name of Jack Abramoff, a Rothschild Zionist. That's the name of her book. And she's going to tell you some things about Trump that you probably won't like. So if you're a Trump supporter, you can just click off now so we don't get you angry. Just kidding. Susan, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Patrick. Uh, nice to see you again. Yeah, <laughs> you're, looking, for- you're looking great. And Susan lives in the D.C. area. So just there, she should get a merit badge for there, you know, living in the den of iniquity there in, in the swampy <laughs> land. My God, I don't know how you do that. So this is uh, the, the Abramoff book is which, how many books now for you? You know, I, I've, I've lost count. Um, I've, I've both written and ghostwritten uh, quite a few. Um, maybe I think in this recent series, maybe it's eighth, I think. Uh-huh. Um, like in the state series, maybe eighth, I think. Yeah. So this whole geopolitical thing of all the, the people you've looked at, why is this so fascinating to you? The books uh, uh, you've done, lynched, uh, Royal, Bloodlines, Jack Abramoff, Rothschild Zionist, your latest one, Top Secret. Um, why, why is this uh, interesting to you? 
Well, when I was uh, studying in in England and working in, in England, um, I began to kind of appreciate the real politics, uh, real politic of, of um, international affairs, mm-hmm. um, which means um, I, I learned how different political and, and financial forces kind of influence our reality and influence the world in which we live. So I wanted to understand uh, the different forces at work. And um, I unfortunately co- uncovered quite a, quite a rabbit's nest there. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. So I, <laughs> because we all talk about they, right? I mean, we talk about they all the time. You can go Correct. to the market and talk to somebody, and you said, did, and they'll say, "Did you hear what they're doing? They do, they're doing now." Who are they? Who are they? Right? Who are they? Um, and this is really pretty much what you look at it. Who who are the they in the they? Right. right. Correct. And, and I think that was my uh, interest in doing a second book on, on Jack Abramoff. Um, what I had uncovered uh, just with, with further research is that he was working directly for ja- uh, Jacob Rothschild. Oh. And Jacob Rothschild is the patriarch uh, of the, uh, the Rothschild family. And I would you know, arguably the driver of the New World Order, the World, uh, World Economic Forum agenda, and this great reset. So if you follow his career from um, his work in Russia all the way through Preston Gates, uh, um, through the, the Clinton, um, Bush, uh, Obama, and, and Trump administrations, you'll see how these different um, networks interconnect to um, nationalize healthcare, to launch the technocracy, to embezzle billions, maybe trillions of dollars, um, and then finally to launch this uh, uh, central bank digital currency. So he, he and his people were all involved in, in these activities. Wow. So uh, who the first name of the Rothschild that is... You believe the the head dude right now? What's his name? It's um Jacob Rothschild. Jacob Rothschild. And how old a fellow is he? About he he's getting on um, maybe uh, gosh uh, maybe eighties or, or okay. I don't know he could he, he's fairly he's uh-huh. fairly old um, in age. And this person Jack Abramoff, the subject of your second book, Abramoff. Is that how you say it? Abramoff? A- Abramoff. Abramoff. Is he still living? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> he's probably in, he's probably in Argentina with Elvis, right? <laughs> maybe escape, escape to um, somewhere else. Um, <laughs> the last I, I heard of him is that he had been indicted once again for a scandals connected to the Trump administration, oh. and then he was supposed to be incarcerated. But then, if you look at the, the uh, inmate, go to the inmate lo- locator, he's nowhere to be found. Oh. So I, I don't know where he disappeared to, um, but uh, he may be in, you know, um, uh, well, yeah, I guess, you know, maybe perhaps he maybe went back to Israel or, or somewhere else, but he, I, I'm not sure where he is at this I see. point. But he works directly with um, Jacob, or Jacob Rothschild? Jacob? Jacob Rothschild. In fact, that was how the, the original uh, scandal got started. And remember, he was in, indicted during the Bush administration for um, uh, defrauding Indian tribes and also yeah. for a scandal in Florida. Um, and what I discovered is that um, in, in Florida, where he was um, he was indicted for um, defrauding investors in a casino boat deal, that he was actually holding the bag or he was scapegoated for the um, activities that were connected to Donald Trump and and Jacob Rothschild and, and the Rothschilds. So uh, he was willing to kind of take a fall for them because um, he had, uh, once he 
served as a hired gun and then i can go into the details if you'd like sure. he, once he served as a hired gun for them um he then got access to the very lucrative uh, casino rich indian tribes and then he began to muscle his co-workers out of business and so once he did that you know they kind of retaliated and he wound up um criminally prosecuted and holding the bag for the fraud that was uh committed by uh, the other other players wow so let's start there because Trump is obviously going to be the next president if they don't stop him. Um, so mm-hmm. it would be it would be fun to to see where the connection between Abramoff and Trump began. Do we know when they first uh, met at a party or having drinks? Um, I, I think they met at Preston. Well, his um, connection to us, let's say that the Trump machine, um, I believe began at Preston Gates. And um, you might recognize the Gates in um, that, that name. No, I've never heard that, of that guy. No, I've never, yeah, heard. never heard of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that um, wow. stands for William Gates, who's the, the father of Bill Gates. Um, oh, that's so the same they, person. Preston Gates is the father of, of Bill Gates. He is the father of Bill Gates. Okay. And uh, it was at this firm that the, the Clintons and the religious right began to kind of coalesce because the, the uh, it was 1999, 1994, and the Republicans had claimed both houses of Congress. So they needed to bring the Republicans in. And um, this was at a time that the Clintons were launching globalism. You know, they, they were mm-hmm. pursuing GATT, NAFTA. They were also trying to bring China into the World Trade Organization um, to um, as part of a strategy that they had a goal of uh, um, elevating China to leader of the New World Order. Um, and I, I noticed that, um, I think it was in 1997, the, um, the National Gaming Impact Study Commission, um, which was um, conceived by Bill Clinton, um, had as, as its CEO, uh, Terrence Lanny, this, uh, one of the, the board members, uh, uh, Terrence Lanny, the CEO of MGM, and then um, uh, the, the, the host of Focus on the Family. So you have the casino oh. interest and then you have the, this, the religious right. And the purpose of the religious right in this kind of paradigm is that they would um, uh, lobby to uh, oppose the expansion of casinos when that when they Im- impacted MGM's bottom line, um, and they would do so with you know great religious fervor. Um, so they had decided that um, the Sun Cruise, a, a casino ship in Florida, that was that took um, uh, gamblers to. Uh, to on, you know, into international waters to gamble, um, that that this was to be scuttled, and it was to be scuttled on behalf of the Seminole Tribe of Florida. Um, so, uh, Jack Abramoff, who's kind of in with um, over at Preston Gates, um, he uh, he then got somehow got connected to this boat. Um, Preston Gates was representing Gus Bolas, the, the owner, and um, the Seminole Tribe of Florida. Uh, was working with Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump had um, uh, he, he had bankrolled the, the efforts to acquire a casino, and the, its main competition at that time was Sun Cruise. Um, so, uh, what I, I noticed, you know, prior to the fraud, is that um, there was that one of the clients of Preston Gates was a group called Icon Public Affairs. Now, Icon Public Affairs um, employed um, Roger Stone, who is the main yeah. lobbyist. And Roger Stone is, you know, of course, the lobbyist for Donald Trump, the Trump Organization. Mm. Uh, so w- once they got connected, um, a fraud was injected into this deal that was intentionally, and I'm going to say allegedly because we're talking about legal matters, um, but according to the bankruptcy paper, bankruptcy uh 
uh, proceedings that followed the, the collapse of the business. Um, fraud was injected in, into the deal by um, the bank, Wells, uh, Wells Foothill, Foothill, Wells Fargo. And um, I saw that the, um, the attorney representing this particular bank, which was advising them, the law firm, was Shoot Roth Zabel. That firm represents Invesco, which is Wilbur Ross's um, private company. Wilbur Ross is the bankruptcy attorney for or, or advisor for the Rothschilds, a leading one. And he's also Trump's um, bankruptcy advisor. Uh, and the firm also represented Merrill Lynch, which was the financial advisor to the um, Seminole Tribe of Florida. So if, if you look with, you know, you, you can see that the, the deal was intentionally designed to eliminate um, Sun uh, eliminate Sun Cruise on whose behalf it was the Seminole Tribe of Florida. Um, and uh, you can also see that um, there were various um, overlaps between the, the, the Seminoles and uh, and Sun Cruise, for example. Um, the um, Abramoff's partner, Adam Kadan, um, claimed to be counsel to a group called, um, it was a, a beach club um, at, at St. Martin's. And this was uh, an area where the Seminoles were, were investing money. Um, and so there, there are various kind of overlaps, you know, between the Seminole tribe of Florida and, and, um, and, and Sun Cruise. Um, and so once the, the business uh, collapsed, um, Abramoff, of course, is thinking, you know, I, I, I've made it, you know, we've, we've killed the business and I can now move on to other things. So his first opportunity was with the, um, uh, the Saginaw Chippewa Indian tribe. And uh, th this was a, a tribe that um, in which the Clinton administration had actually staged a coup d'etat um, and uh, overthrown the trial, duly elected tribal government, replaced it with one that was more favorable to their interests, that the, the, this was a, um, a uh, tribe that had just acquired a casino. Um, and then once the new administration came in, they hired um, one of um, the, one of the partners of you know with with the Seminoles and you know which was involved with Donald Trump uh, and and the Clintons and then um, they brought Jack Abramoff and and Preston Gates on board. Um, and so Jack Abramoff, seeing how easy it is to uh, acquire a tribal casino business, you just insinuate yourself in the election, knock out one coalition, align yourself with the other, have that that new coalition hire you, and suddenly you're the, the you know the, you're the top um, tribal lobbyist. Oh, and wow. so wow. he sent his um, allies around Indian country to kind of um, scout for for tribes where there was this intertribal warfare. And then one after the other, he uh, he knocked out the competition, and they in turn retaliated against him. Hmm. Um, and he, and he would get a lot of money by joining the side that took over the the different um, casino, and then he would take a skim off of those. Uh, Dollar-wise, yeah. yes, he did. He he would um, generate um, one hundred and fifty thousand to one hundred and eighty thousand per month, representing these tribes. Wow! Um, one per problem month? that he had is per month, uh, per, month. <laughs> per month per tribe. A lot of money. That's pretty good living. <laughs> it's a very good living. He was he was living quite well. Um, but the problem that Abramoff had is that um, uh, uh, once the, the, the team that he had knocked out was aligned with MGM, so now he he had decided, okay, I'm going to block the I'm going to block MGM's casino market or their efforts to expand. Let, let me ask: MGM, the movie thing, or MGM, the casino people? Um, I believe that they are interconnected, okay. but it, but in this case, MGM the casino people. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. 
but it was the casino people and uh, MGM as, as I discovered as you know I, I received from uh, tribal members who provided me the paperwork that MGM among other corporate interests were, were taking um, a little cut off of these Indian casinos they were getting part of the, the revenue so by blocking them Abramoff essentially got put, had a bullseye put on his back Wow so um, I'm sure people are curious right now especially those that support Trump um, what well, we don't know if Abraham Abramoff is even living or is with in Argentina with John Kennedy Jr. Um, just kidding. Um, so, do we know? Do we know the connection to Abramoff uh, and his his people and Trump today, twenty twenty three? Do you know? I I do. Um, so. Uh, Abramoff, uh, I thought it was very curious that um, when Trump announced that Abramoff went to the media to uh, promote Jared Kushner and Ivanka as a dynamic couple ah. and he, that Trump would be the greatest president ever. And I thought this was odd because um, they left Abramoff holding the bag, you know, for, for what had happened. He was all too willing to serve time in prison. Um, and then he covered up the information that I had uncovered about that conspiracy to then reposition himself to get back in with them. Um, so, uh, so explain the that a little bit. The Kushner thing, he he got holding the bag of what? Uh, what, what Kushner was up to was, in Ivanka? Well, okay, so um, in uh, in Florida, um, the Seminole Tribe of Florida uh, was deeply involved with um, the fraud that um, befell the, uh, the the befell Sun Cruz. So it was okay. th those interests aligned with, with Trump. Okay. And then um, lobbyists aligned with him then um, essentially manufactured the scandal and, and drove it uh, into drove it through the media and then through the committees and then through the Department of Justice. So it was one of many um, part, partisan prosecutions. Which, which benefited Trump's uh, uh, gambling concerns, right? Getting those Correct. guys out of the Correct. way. Okay. Correct. Correct. Um, so um, and, uh, one of... Um, Jared uh, and, and Ivanka, yeah. Okay, so Jared and the he got connected with them later. Um, so just to to go go back a little little ways, um, while uh, Abramoff was working at Preston Gates, um, he um, he contracted to with a group called Chelsea. I think it was called Chelsea Enterprises to represent a firm called Naftasib, and Naftasib was um, an Israeli um, uh, ex, um, oil exploration company, um, and so they were involved with um, uh, the sale of Yukos, like which is the first um, energy giant in in Russia. Oh yes, and Yukos. Yeah. So if you want, if we go back to that time, um, Russia was in a period of reform. The Cold War had ended. Uh, um, and you had all of these kind of assets that were um, returned to the people. So the, very quickly, the oligarchs began gobbling up those assets. Um, and then when um, when Putin came in, into power, he then began the process of reform. So he he began the process of um, kind of taking the money back from uh, from the oligarchs. The first one was Yukos, um, and then once he he took that he took over Yukos. He then went after Roman Abramovich, um, and what uh, what was observed, and this was observed by an investor by the name of Bill Browder. He said that um, instead of taking uh, Abramovich 
of Bromovich's uh, assets of billions of dollars, he split that amount with uh, with Putin. And then after that, um, Putin then became an oligarch himself. He was he was taking um, he was essentially claiming the assets of of the oligarchs, but allowing them to uh, you know to hold on to it to you know move it around the world um, by expensive houses and so forth. Um, and uh, what I discovered when I reviewed my notes and, you know, looking through my, my paperwork was that um, a- Abramoff uh, had actually been part of that first deal with, with Yukos. NAFTA SIB had facilitated um, the sale of Yukos and then the, sh- the shares of Yukos went over to Jacob Rothschild. So I, I, I then, you know, thought, and this is conjecture on my part, but it makes sense to me that all of that Putin is hold, holding uh, that you know. Once Putin uh, took over, took the assets uh, from Abramovitz, the other oligarchs were terrified of him. And prior to that point, they had no reason to be. Why would they be terrified? Um, Jacob Rothschild is the head of the International Crime Syndicate, um, and so it's my belief that um, that. Uh, Putin or the oligarchs are holding the wealth for Putin. Putin is holding the wealth for, for Jacob or uh, Jacob uh, Rothschild, and they're they're moving this money around the world. Um, uh, now, Bill Browder um, had uh, had pursued Putin because um, when he was trying to find out where all the money was going, um, they. Uh, Putin or one of his henchmen uh, ex- uh, assassinated one assassinated his tax attorney. So he uh, um, retaliated in turn by um, promoting what's called the Magnitsky uh, Act. And his his attorney was named um, Sergei uh, Magnitsky. Um, so he named the, the legislation after him. And what this did is this um, uh, managed the, um, the, the, the money, it, it followed the money of the oligarchs and it, it actually imposed sanctions on them and it withheld their visas. So it prevented them from moving money around the world. Um, so this, in, in turn, you know, this in turn um, interfered with Jacob Rothschild's cash flow. So when uh, 2016 rolls around, um, Hillary Clinton, of course, is complaining about uh, sexism, and I, I think she had a, a great, a good point. She says uh, uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to become uh, president. Well, Vladimir Putin is representing Jacob Rothschild. Jacob Rothschild hates women. The Rothschilds hate women. Right. Um, they only want men to, you know, to, to run the show. Um, and as you know, today, you know, the the best women are now men. You know, the most celebrated uh, women today are, are now. Men. Men, sure. um, uh, with this new agenda. Um, so uh, a Russian attorneys, these different Russian assets who are representing the oligarchs um, approach the Trump administration and they said, we want help with with over, overturning um, this Magnitsky Act. You know, we need to get our, our money flowing again. And the liaison that they had to open these channels was Jack Abramoff. So that that's how he was able to, to get in yeah, there. Um, so that was a connection. Um, and so um, there, there were a number, a number of other uh, characters who were who were involved in this. And, and if you'd like, I can we can pause here. Yeah. Like we can go, or if you, I don't know if you have any other questions. Oh yeah, I've got lots of questions. Um, so you, on the few little bullet points you gave me, there's this connection with Kushner and central bank digital currencies. Uh, let's get into that because that's kind of like a big deal right now, according to this Great Reset that the central bank digital currency, which I suspect is going to be worldwide kind of thing. Do you think they're going to do it at the, the, the Fed and also European Central Bank and then maybe try to do just one? Is that their goal, do you think? Just one 
central bank digital global currency. And how is Kushner involved in this? Okay, um, so um, Abramoff uh, had um, become involved with a group called ABML um, Bitcoin, which stands for anti-money laundering uh, Bitcoin. And this was a, a currency that was established by Marcus Andrade, um, and it uniquely and solely met the criteria for the Know Your Customer rules. And the Know Your yeah. Customer rules set out after 9-11, you know, to, which kind of um, wanted to you know, uh, curtail uh, terrorism. Um, so he got involved with his business, and he, he um, uh, was originally um, going to be like a, working in PR and was t- attempting to set up a reality show based upon um, his his journey with these people and their their you know lobbying or adventures in lobbying in Capitol Hill. Um, so uh, he then um, began to uh, fall under federal investigation over over this this Bitcoin business. Um, and according to Marcus Andrade, um, he said that um, Abramoff fell under investigation in the Mueller investigation because he was involved. Uh, they thought he was a national security risk with what he was doing with, with Russia. Um, so, so they then they began to investigate the the Bitcoin uh, efforts. And according to Marcus Andrade, um, Abramoff was attempting to steal the business for. Um, uh, with with Kushner and David Rohrbacher, um, Kushner was uh, developing a digital currency in the White House with uh, Stephen Mnuchin, and they invited oh. you know uh, Peter Thiel and, and a lot of the, oh. uh, the the tech giants to to the house. They were looking also at um, uh, creating a universal basic income, um, really? and. At the same time, they brought in um, uh, the, the head of uh, Open AI. I think it's Altman, um, and they're looking into establishing the ba- the, uh, the, ba- the the um, universal basic income. Um, Trump, for his part, he had nationalized the Fed. He had the um, uh, the Federal Reserve uh, subsumed in the Department of Treasury. And one thing that that allowed them to do is that that gave the the printing press authority over you know with the printing of money um, over to the Department of Treasury. So as whoever controlled that particular office um which is a, a partisan appointment then controlled um their ability to kind of sp- create money out of thin air to spend money now the department of treasury uh answers to the imf the imf is you know controlled by rothschild who um who bought bought the debt of so, the IMF. so the imf has control over yellen it has over yes it has control over yellen um and uh so at the same time, uh, Rothschild was um, launching. It's called the um, Aspen Digital, I believe, which was a, a cryptocurrency, a crypto exchange that was to monitor and to unite all these different uh, currencies, uh, the cryptocurrencies under his authority. Um, and um, at the beginning of the, the Trump administration, um, China had announced that it was. Um, going to uh, ditch the dollar and launch its own cryptocurrency and uh, Rothschild had announced that he was going to um, uh, drop the dollar as the global reserve currency and replace it with a um, this kind of global uh, digital currency that was backed by gold so of backed course Rothschild could gold. Backed by gold do you think that's his vision that they would actually why would they do that if they can just do all the central bank digital digital they want why would they back it by gold Obviously, it would make it more more attractive to people. I, I think it's. I, I mean, that's a, a good question. Um, I, I don't know the actual answer to that, but I would guess that maybe he's trying to lend it some, uh, uh, maybe the appearance of some legitimacy, or, or that he's actually trying to create a sound currency. Yeah, 
Why would he do that, that if he's a global eye snake in the grass? Why would why would he care? Doesn't he? Isn't isn't Jacob Rothschild kind of one of the big players in the Dollar Inc. brand? He he is, um, but they they often um, they often market their uh, their agenda with very a very noble um, you know noble sounding rhetoric like we're really going to help you this right, is going right, to be right. a sound currency yeah. and you know but really there's you know he he wants to have all the, the the currency under his own control right so they could float the idea of a gold thing and who knows with digital you could you could have one one digital thing. Uh, be point zero 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 nine ounces of gold or something like that, and it would still be backed by gold, right? Co- correct, and it, it's also interesting that um, he uh, that this exchange was was also would, would also incorporate FTX. FTX has been involved with lots of money laundering. We don't know where you know the billions have gone. He, you know, even Sam Bankman Free doesn't know, can't keep track of all the money, <laughs> and you've got. Or where it went, and you've got the money launderers actually in charge of keeping track of who's laundering money and, and trying to you know work against it. What a mess! Where how do we get here? <laughs> Holy cow, man! <laughs> the box starting with ten. Hours. You know you can't you have to you can't even get a scorecard to you know you know a pamphlet to keep up with these crazy people. They're just out of control, man. Let me take a yeah, little break here, here, Susan. Okay, stay right there, uh, Susan Bradford. I mean, it really is. It really is. It's like a bad movie, isn't it? It's just a trip. Um, it's just crazy. What fun. That's why we have Bring Susan on from time to time. And this is stuff you're not going to see anywhere on the interweb except here because <clears throat> there's not too many people that do the work that she does. Okay, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We have these two products on sale right now. And uh, I think it's 15% off. I'll check. But listen to this. These are... These are great, great, great products here. One of the very first things I do in the morning is come sit at my meditation chair. And that's when I take my dual extracted mushrooms from Sir Thrival, the Chaga and the Reishi. Both of these mushrooms are immunomodulators. If you had too strong of an immune system, like autoimmunity, it'll help to downregulate and calm the immune system. If you have too weak of an immune system, like an immunodeficiency, they help to upregulate or strengthen your immune system. So whatever you're dealing with, they help to bring your immune system to balance. In addition to being immunomodulators and adaptogens, Chaga is probably best known for its extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant content. It scavenges the body of free radicals. And Reishi has a long history being used in conjunction with meditation and for reaching higher states of consciousness. And that's why I like to take these right before my meditation. There's a lot of medicinal mushroom supplements on the market to choose from, but most are made with cheaply produced mushrooms grown on grain and either ground up and put in capsules or extracted in non-organic alcohol. So Thrival does it differently. We use wild harvested chaga and organic certified wood-grown reishi fruit bodies, not the mycelial extract. And then we use an organic alcohol and a hot water extraction method and then recombine so you get the full benefits of these extremely high quality mushrooms. And these are tonic mushrooms where you could take it every day and not make your body crazy. Use the promo code MUSHROOM Save 15% mushroom. That's on the link on oneradionetwork.com. Really great, great, great products. We have been utilizing the technology called 
molecular hydrogen for, well, I mean, we're working on four years. Can you believe it? Four years or so. And if I keep doing it here, I'm probably going to end up be 12. I'm just kidding. So uh, uh, molecular hydrogen is really a fantastic technology. Most of it is being done in Japan. The machine we now promote is made in Japan. It's the purest molecular hydrogen gas that we know of. And you can then bubble in the water in the morning and then breathe the gas as much as you possibly can. And it doesn't try to kill anything. Some people say it's the number one antioxidant. And others say, no, it's not an antioxidant, which would be a good thing. It is simply a food and a food or chi or mojo, divine spirit, because it's the most prolific molecule anywhere, anywhere, is hydrogen. It's on both sides of the periodic table. It is being used in Japan now in some medical universities to work with people with um, strokes and to help their body heal from these strokes that can be very devastating. You can learn more about hydrogen from a third-party molecularhydrogeninstitute.com and see all kinds of peer-reviewed studies. I don't even know if that means anything anymore. You know, the whole everything's falling apart. But anyway, uh, on the uh, benefits of hydrogen. We like this product. We think that you'll enjoy it. You can finance it over easy payment thing and um, get yourself one breathe the gas, drink the water, and you'll have a big time, you'll have fun. Something I've been doing since November is this uh, technology. It's called X3, and it's using latex bands and this silver bar. I don't quite have the amount of muscles that Dr. Jankwish has here, I'm working on it, but it's really cool. It's called X3 on our website. You can also finance this guy. I think it's 550 for the total package, and there's enough variance in the band's width that you, you you could use this thing the rest of your life and they're not going to break. If they do, they would replace, but they're not going to break and the bar's not going to break and the stronger you get, you can increase the size of the bands and you'd have to have muscles like this and, and you still have enough bands to make it work. It's using variable resistance, which is a really interesting idea. I can kind of give you an idea of how it works. So say you're standing on this plate, which you, down below, you can't see it, and you're doing an overhead press. So you're standing on this plate, and then you, you're holding this bar, I can get away from the microphone so I don't hit it, you're holding this bar, and then you're doing this. So you're up there like this, and then you come down like this, and but you never take the the pressure off of the muscle. It's called variable resistance. So you don't rip and tear the muscle like you do with weights, and you can do this every day and not get sore because you're just always keeping the pressure on the muscle. So here at shoulders and biceps and stuff like that. Pretty cool. And you can do it every day and you don't get sore. It takes about 15 minutes. You do four body parts. The next day you do four different body parts. You do calves. A lot of the gals are, are using it for a chest where you put the, let me get this microphone on, you, you, put the, the, you put the bands around your back and then you push your chest out and they build up their strength of their breast and keep this little girly figure. 
when they're 60, 70, 80. That's, you know, pretty cool. This is a great, uh, a great technology. We love it. And I have more muscles today than I have had in my nearly 77 years on this body, my little vehicle. I got some mileage on, but hey, you know what I mean? It's just a little mileage. You know, change this odometer. That's all, that's all we do. We just change the odometer. Check it out. It's X3 on oneradionetwork.com. Let's change the odometer. Huh? I don't know. You know, just change it. Change it to whatever you want. Broadcasting live. Weekday mornings. This is listener-supported One Radio Network. I turn on my mic. We are with super researcher and investigative journalist Susan Bradford. Her latest book is called Jack Abramoff, who we have no idea where he is, Rothschild Zionist. Uh, Susan, can I get you to move your camera down a little bit? I want to get more of you. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just move your camera down. You don't have to get up. That, that, does. Is that comfortable? Perfect. That, yeah, that, that yeah. works. Yeah, that looks a little better. Okay. Okay. So, um, I don't know where to go from here. So, what is this disconnect then that apparently happened between uh, Ivanka and Jared and Trump? Is this all made up too, in your opinion, our research? Do Do, do you mean the rivalry between Trump and uh, Ivanka? Or, uh, so, so we have Jared and Ivanka, and they were supposedly all involved in, in a thing, and then all of a sudden something happened. Did, did they break up, uh, the, the Kushners and Trump? Uh, it, it appears to be. I, mean, I, I think uh, Ivanka and Jared don't go to his public events right. anymore. Right. Um, I, I think that uh, Jared Kushner was involved in a lot of international deals, um, uh, with, with with the Rothschilds and and other characters, and, and I think that they all kind of caught up with him and ultimately imploded the Trump presidency. Uh-huh. So that that could have something to do with it. Um, I, I don't think that the Trump was um, was the great patriot. I, I think he was well aware of what was going on, and I think he was fully on board. You so, know, with, in your what, opinion, and what you write, and he, Trump Trump is a globalist. He is a Rothschild. He is a baby right he Rothschild is. baby and he's actually he's also ross perot's baby <laughs> and really? um well wasn't ross like, a good guy i thought he was a good guy no I, i'm gonna be um unfortunately um <laughs> <laughs> destroying another legend today oh which, god <laughs> another legend for that. what are you gonna do um Ross Perot uh, was, um, he promoted the, or he campaigned for president against um, George H.W. Bush and Hillary Clinton, or Bill Clinton, uh, on the giant sucking sound. 1990, 1990, right around there? 19, I think it was 1993, or, okay. But what what was very ironic about that is is that um, Ross Perot was actually behind the giant sucking sound. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> which is very he was campaigning on what he was actually promoting. Um, one of his uh, partners, I think it was um, 
uh, L. Meyerson, um, had, uh, who, who worked with him at EDS, um, he had actually camp uh, he had coined um, and developed the concept of outsourcing in the 1970s, which began the process of having our, our jobs relocated, re relocated overseas. And uh, one of uh, Perot's uh, companies um, is based out of Guadalajara, Mexico, which is called the Silicon Valley of Mexico. And so Ross Perot has always been behind um, outsourcing, even though he campaigned, you know, wow. the giant sucking sound, the great, the giant sucking the sound. great <laughs> meme, right? Wow. Great meme. Um, and then the, the reason that he uh, he ran against Bush and, and, and Clinton is that um, at George H.W. Bush was the, the first president to actually um, make uh, uh, contributions to Israel con uh, contingent upon um, not um, moving into the settlements, not taking over the, the settlements. So by conditioning um, money to Israel, um, he put a mark on his back um, and um, the elites wanted him to be uh, removed and to have Clinton take over. So from that point onward, um, uh, the federal government had, you know, would no longer put any conditions on aid to Israel. Wow. So that was... Well, I, I, I've always read that the Bushies, are, they're globalists as well, right? They're swampy, they they're swampy, but they didn't like what George did with Israel and the money and the settlements. So Correct. And, and my, my, my sense is also that um, uh, Bush was probably more aligned with the Rockefellers and uh, the Clintons were more aligned with the Rothschilds. I think there was some type of rivalry between the two factions. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, sure both houses, they're probably pretty big. Uh, but Rothschilds, they're top of the food chain in, in what your research, right? They, they are the top of the food chain, and um, uh, Ross Perot was one of their greatest advocates and, and champions. Interesting. Now, I had a um, fellow in Texas who ran Perot's Texas campaign, and he told me at some thing I went to that Ross Perot was threatened by the Bushies that they were going to kill his family if he didn't drop out. That's very interesting. Um, That's what he are, told me. I don't know. You know, he could have just made it up. I know that um, according to um, you know, I guess the, the rumors at the time, Ross Perot, Ross Perot was behind a campaign, uh, or he he blamed Bush for being behind a campaign to uh, portray his daughter as being involved in like a homosexual love affair or something oh, to that effect. Um. And, and I, I think it was it was discovered later that that um, Ross Perot had done this to himself or one of his campaign workers had done this to himself to portray Bush as being a dirty trickster. So I know there was a lot, a lot of bad blood between, between the two of them. So if, if, as you say, Trump is a globalist Rothschild baby, um, mm -hmm. all this pushback from the left and the investigation, all this, is this just fairy dust to make us think like uh, people don't like him and he's going to you know, win anyway. Is this all just made up stuff? I, I think it, I think it is, and um, hmm. so um, the Rothschilds really control the left and the right, both. Um, and so <clears throat> b b both of them, the left and the right, um, and so they will kind of develop these these different campaigns, and then they will fundraise off, off of the campaign, so the left and the right can make money. Oh, look, we're going to take on the Republicans, we're going to take on the, the Democrats, ah. um, but really, you know, they are serving uh, the agenda either way. And where does Good old Bill Gates and George Soros fit into this whole story. Okay, so Bill Gates is a, a technocrat, um, and uh, one of one of the the founders of the technocracy in America was um, Ross Perot. 
Um, and mm. he had um, observed in uh, that, that, well, he knew because he was part of the agenda that oil was going to be phased out and that um, this new automation would, be, would kind of take over. So he began to invest in um, in STEM research in um, in in, uh, um, in 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 Texas um, to kind of get to kind of be on the, the ground floor of, of this new movement. So he was um, originally offered the opportunity to, to invest in Microsoft from bottom level. He turned that down and ended up um, investing in Next um, with um, Steve Jobs. He actually served on the board of directors of, of Next. And uh, he had, um, uh, uh, this, this was around the time that um, CERN, like uh, 19, I think 88, when uh, CERN was, um, uh, uh, launching the World Wide Web that was actually invented in CERN, um, oh, and then wow. kind of brought brought forward. Um, Perot very very quickly, like once he kind of got into this network, um, he got um, contracts for Medicare, you know, which is a form of you know Medicare was being promoted uh, as a form of you know, dependency uh -huh. you know, to help the government sure. take money, you know, for, for the care of people, and then um, you know miss misspend most of it um but he made a fortune through through medicare he also made a fortune uh with ross per, with pro systems and that was a company that had um advised the um energy companies in cal in the california's deregulated markets on how they could um exploit those markets for for maximum financial gain so these were um the energy companies that exploited that among them were dinergy um which was uh in which uh, carl icon was a major stakeholder our shareholder um, and uh, Enron. Um, and so once the California uh, regulators began to look into like what was happening with the market, uh, you know, within um, with the manipulations, um, they began to they determined that Ross, the pro systems was at, was at the center of it. So this was the point at which um, uh, Ross Perot um, and Dinergy um, had to kind of deflect blame. So they they ran a, a campaign was involving Americans for uh, Americans um, ATA, the Americans Taxpayers Alliance, I believe it was, it was called. Yes, um, I remember that. You remember it, uh, yes. So that um, they began to kind of uh, portray Enron as as the you know the major culprit. They targeted um, Governor Gray Davis, and then they they shielded um, Dinergy and and Ross Perot. So the Enron scandal, which was kind of conceived by by Ross Perot, who had the Washington Post in his pocket. Um, that uh, was then um, run through uh, congressional committees, um, the, the Department of Justice, um, and was followed up with uh, with a book um, and, and a movie, uh, a documentary directed by um, Alex Gibney um, to kind of re reaffirm this, uh, you know, this false narrative. Um, Gibney had also directed the uh, the do documentary on Abramoff. So there's again, you have the the Trump, Perot, and these different interests kind of. Um, using the, the Department of Justice as a weapon to um, deflect attention on onto uh, other companies for for um, alleged misconduct that they were committing. They would deflect attention and they would scapegoat others. And so that the purpose of the Department of Justice or how they were using it um, was to establish their own monopolies and to eliminate the competition while shielding themselves from wow. from blame. That, that played out over and over and over again during you know the second Trump the second Bush administration. And uh, old George Soros, he's got more money than Moses. I mean, he, he's we see stories that he was been financing all of this 
Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Is that true? A lot of the, the far left crazy stuff? Uh, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I, I think at the same time, um, uh, Donald Trump was very close to uh, Al Sharpton and they go back to their days um, uh, in Atlantic City. Um, and so I, I think a lot of this race baiting was, was kind of part of this Rothschild agenda. You know, mm. they were pitting whites against black, sure. um, but, you know, and, and, and so on. So I, I think that's that was part of the agenda. And uh, Soros w- was very likely involved in in BLM. Um, I, I don't I haven't researched that, you know, uh, right. specifically. Right. I, I think it's very likely. So is it fair to say that the Rothschilds, uh, Susan Bradford, they have all of the media on a short leash? YouTube, uh, they, uh, all they of them. Do. Yeah, all of them. Because and, and the reason for that is that they um, they con- they control the Vatican. The Vatican controls all government contracting, dictates government contracting, all the pro- pro- private partnerships in the world. And these major media um, are owned by big parent companies, which are corporations that have business before Capitol Hill. And so, in order to get that business, they have to kind of march to the tune of the drummer. Wow. The Vatican does what? I mean, I know that they're spooky, but I, <laughs> what, do do, what do they do? These guys, what do they <laughs> They, they um, uh, all the government contracting, like the... Um, like, give me an uh, example of government contract. Okay, so it could be uh, defense contracting. Okay. It could be um, assigning um, a defense contractor to, let's say, to... Uh, uh, to 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 carry out um, distributing vaccines, okay. Or so they, they provide um, they provide uh, services to the people. So each, each government um, is um, was or, is, has been organized as a corporation. Yeah. So that corporation has a president, which is you know, which in this case is, is Biden, and they um, provide services to the people. Those services are are expedited through government contracts, and they're yes. paid for by the. Yes. So if you want to get in, uh, if you want to make a lot of money with very effortlessly, you align yourselves with the elite and then those government contracts can be um, uh, assigned to you. And those government contracts are intended to advance the agenda. And the Vatican's yes, role, what do they do? Um, they are they are the um, uh, like God's temporal authority on on Earth. So they have assigned <laughs> themselves like they are they own the world, the Jeez. souls of the world, the assets. So they try to kind of manage it um, in the interest of the people, you know, through you know government services. And of course, the, the Rothschilds um, have placed the Vatican in their debt, and so they are the um, controllers of the Vatican. They have been since the Napoleonic Wars. It's crazy <laughs> land out. It's crazy land out there. I mean, holy cow! Who? Uh, uh, an emailer, Michael, wants to know if Susan can give us an idea. Uh, he said, Michael said, I've read where this whole injection thing or COVID was a military operation. Is that true? And if not, who yes. would be behind this entire COVID scam that we know was just a big scam and the injections that followed? Do you know? Do we know? Yes. So after World War II, um, an agenda was laid out that the um, the, the global uh, militaries and the global healthcare providers would be aligned and work together to respond to healthcare emergencies. Mm. So that played out um, during the Trump administration. But what was very um, kind of really kind of saddening to me, chilling to me, is that um, I, I discovered that. Um, the Republicans uh, were really the ones behind the the COVID, um, and so 
what I saw, for example, is that um, six months or so prior to um, the, the pandemic, um, Eric Prince, you know, the founder right. of, of BlackRock, BlackRock. Um, was was working behind the scenes to shore up money for for the, the vaccines and for the response, the, the you know the government's response to COVID, which was to involve the military. The military was going to um, you know, to, was going to disperse the, the vaccines. Um, and uh, I, I also think another part of that too is that um, that the RDIF chip that they were going to use, you know, for for tr- tracking and tracing to making sure that you you, know, you didn't come into contact with um, with somebody else who had had COVID, um, that was developed um, at a company called Kinetech. It's Q I N E T I Q. Um, that's a global defense contractor in, in England. Um, the Queen of England, um, before she passed, held the golden share, uh, so she had the golden controlling share, and she answers to the Rothschilds. So our Department of uh, Defense was responsible for finding a civilian market for for that device. And that was going to be carried out through um, uh, through the vaccines, you know, for, for tracking track and tracing purposes. But I found out that um, uh, that the Republicans were behind this. Um, uh, Obamacare, if you recall, was based upon Romney care. Um, one uh, company called Alexander Strategy Group that worked very closely with uh, Tom DeLay, which was Jack Abramoff's leading legislative ally, mm. um, and uh, which had um, uh, um, employed um, Paul Behrens. He was the one who was promoting the uh, the narrative um, during the Trump administration that Trump that Russia is here to save us. They're they're the um, the defender of the Western civilization. Um, Paul Paul Behrens. Um, they were also connected to Rohrbacher. Um, Alexander Strategy Group um, represented Eli Lilly, and Eli Lilly is a major pharmaceutical company that um, had the uh, congregational um, church ministers um, on their payroll. So they would subsidize ministers fifty thousand apiece um, to go on retreats, and the ministers would then come back and then promote um, Obamacare, tell their congregations like, "Look, you got to this is for the people. You got to get behind it. Lobby your 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 congressman," um, and then once the, the vaccines were rolled out, the, the churches were then targeted to then distribute and encourage their um, their congre- congre- congregants to take the vaccine. And um, I, I found out that um, Eric Prince um, was among those who was getting in on, on um, establishing, uh, uh, distributing the vaccine. He worked with Paul Behrens. Um, after uh, uh, Eric Prince had left um, uh, Blackwater, um, he Blackwater. Uh, joined... Black, 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 is it Blackwater or Black? Uh, is it, well, there's two. I think Blackwater. I think they're the, aren't they the the uh, the people, pseudo, um, military like people. Yeah, yeah. They go into different countries. And Blackrock is in the big financial thing. So there's two. Uh, oh, you're yeah, right. So it was, it was Blackwater. 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 Mm-hmm. Blackwater. Um, uh, he then uh, after. Uh, he after leaving uh, Blackwater because I think he was um, he fell under scandal when the company I think had um, maybe uh, unjustly killed a number of Iraqi civilians. Right. Um, he he joined a group called I think it was Frontier Services that was a contractor for the, the Communist Chinese on the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, so he was providing security services for them. 
And then so he was the one with this communist, communist Chinese ties, then working with the Trump administration and with these Russian assets um, who were you know, trying to overturn this Magnitsky Act um, to set aside funding for the rollout of COVID. And then afterwards, um, he had lined himself up to distribute um, the vaccine worldwide with, um, with a company that uh, had a major communist Chinese investor. Um, uh, Dana Rohrbacher had also was involved in uh, promoting a, a company, I think it was called uh, Linear, uh, or it was a, a kind of a vaccine mm -hmm. um, type of type of thing. Um, and so a, a lot of them were involved with this. And, and unfortunately, the, the agenda was um, uh, conceived and promoted by by the Republicans, um, who are heavily uh, aligned with the, the technocrats with you know, socialized medicine or with its national health care um, and um, with uh, the pharmaceutical industry. So they all kind of came together and were looking at making a lot of money during the Trump administration. Which I guess they did, right? Which they did. They and, made a fortune. And then what's the motive other than just uh, thinning out the population with all the dangers with these things? I mean, people are still falling over today with heart issues. I mean, who is behind that? And do they, is there... They, whoever they are, do they, which we're finding out today, do they just really want to thin out the population, do you think? Um, well, Sir James Goldsmith, who was, um, uh, he, he was himself a, a Rothschild, or very close to the Rothschild family, um, he had said in, I think in, in the 1990s when the Uruguay, Uruguay round was, was being implemented, he was saying that um, through globalism, we will look at the displacement of billions of people. Mm. Um, is that the elites are trying to autom automatize and, um, and make business ever more efficient while reducing labor costs, reducing income. Um, and they were looking at moving people off the farms. And then those people, once they were off the farms, they would um, go into the cities where there were no jobs. So he said, you're looking at a, a refugee crisis, you know, from, from, India from the Middle East and billions of people. Sure. Um, so they they were looking at people who had would have no jobs. And so in order to maintain some type of societal stability, I think that they they realized that they needed to either stop their agenda, which they weren't going to do, or eliminate uh, some of the population that kind of thin the herd. Um, and I think another part of this is that um, at the end of World War II, um, the Rothschilds with Prince Philip launched silent weapons for quiet wars. And that was an agenda uh, that was intended to um, track and trace every civilian from, uh, from death, from cradle to grave, um, and then to increasingly reduce their expenditure to that which is, was minimally required for them to survive, you know, or, or and, and produce labor and to be of service to, to the elite. So there. So with this new automation, they, they want to be able to, um, you know, they, they want to roll out electric cars and then to have, um, you know, to have you go at home to be monitored, and then they can basically, you know, tax every expenditure you do. Oh, you want to, um, you know, travel. Well, there's every 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 mile you travel, there'll, there'll be a tax. So they can then, you know, regulate people and uh, maximize their own profits and their own control. So there's like the profit motive, and then the demographic aspect. And then the CB central bank thing, they're going to be total control there where they can, I guess I've read where they're going to congratulate it all, that's not even a word, but I just made it up, into, uh, <laughs> you know, the 512G, whatever it is, to have everything in one place, your social credit score, your health history, work history, 
and then they can then say, well, Susan, you can't buy that pizza with your digital currency because your cholesterol is too high, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what I've been hearing, that this is what they want to do. Do you think that's as crazy land as they want? And that, that's precisely what, what, they, what they want to do. And um, so they're, the technocrats and the bankers all, all work together. So yeah. you have Google has moved into the healthcare industry. So they want to get all your private health information, share that with the banks. Um, and if you, you have your social media, media monitoring you, um, uh, you know, throughout saying whatever you want to say, and, and all, all of your social media comments are, are logged and shared with, with your banks because right. part of your social credit score. Um, and of course, your phone, your smartphone uh, tracks everywhere you go. Um, some say that they can even hear, you know, what you're talking about and whether you're behaving and what, what you're doing when. Um, so all of this is being compiled as part of your file. And you're right, they can tell you, you know, uh, maybe your 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 um health your uh, insurance provider will deny you health care well because you've been eating too many pizzas you've been smoking too much we see here you know what you purchased and how you're living your life so yes it, it can all it will all kind of for, uh, coalesce I guess right. you're you're saying in, into a, a control system so what we're seeing with the dollar and uh, debt and all of that it feels like this is a controlled opposite con- controlled demolition to help bring in the uh, reset, whatever, and all that entails, right? I, I think that's true. I think on one hand, they're stealing as much money as they think they can get away with. Right. And on the other hand, they're trying to push people into desperation yes. um, by pushing inflation up where um, and they're um, making it more and more difficult to acquire food and, and people are losing their jobs. And they're hoping to create like a, a level of societal chaos. And they've, they've said this in their own literature. Our internet cut off for a moment. It'll pop back on. Where Susan Bradford, her latest book is called um, Jack Abramoff, Rothschild Zionist. Susan froze. She's in, fro- oh, oh so, so you froze up there. You froze up your internet, froze up a moment. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe backtrack about 30 seconds of where you were. Hmm. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to close a few windows too, so hopefully that will yeah, that'll help. That make things a better. Um, yes, so the um, essentially the, the the tech companies are working with the the banks to provide uh, you with a social credit score. Yes, I mean, like they're compiling all your data, and so that will be used by the banks, and the banks, of course, with with the insurance companies, and that will be used to um, make very important decisions with which they hold the, the authority um, over our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's part of the plan. Here's an email from Sydney. Does your guest think there's going to be another pandemic? You think they have another one on tap for us? I, I've I've heard that they would like to have one on on tap. Um, I I don't. Seemed. I, I don't think it's happening though. I think it was supposed to be coming out this year, but then, huh. yeah, I think Biden has said that the pandemic is over. Yeah. Um, he signed a thing yesterday, I, I, right? Something like that. He signed something yesterday, and I, I think there's also a lot of uh, pushback too, oh, because I, I think a lot of yeah. people there's a huge yeah, people know what's going on. <laughs> They're pushing back. People know that it's it's just more and more people know that it's just made up. You know, the whole mm-hmm. thing has just been just been made up. Um, so it's curious that the people that own Dollar Inc., that they're really behind the demise of the dollar so they can do something 
new improved, right? Digital. Correct. Um, I, I think that the, mm-hmm. these are people who, um, I mean, they were the ones who devalued the dollar in the first place. Mm-hmm. They, they have um, weaponized the dollar and have bought real assets while with, with our money and while having us hold the debt for their purchases. Um, and I, I think that they realize that the system is about to implode. Um, and their agenda now is in addition to, to, uh, to stealing as much wealth as they think they can get away with, it's consolidating their power. And they want to get into a position where they will never be challenged again. Oh, they'll have that yeah. full, you know, full authority. So, but it appears on the surface, which more and more I believe is probably is just a big lie, that there are more countries getting out of the dollar rather quickly. Saudi Arabia, Iraq is depegged from the dollar. Brazil, now France is talking, talking down the dollar. And then, of course, Russia and, and China are doing their own little thing with Iran. So how much of this is, do you think is planned by the globalists? Are there actually people? I mean, Putin puts himself out like he, he doesn't like the globalists and the World Economic Forum people. Is that just a big front, too? Is he just as globalized as the rest of them? I think it's it's um, it's a form of virtue signaling. Um, on, on the one hand, you know, Putin can say I don't like the globalists, but on the other hand, he's he's providing a lot of oil to China, helping them be, be become this great industrial powerhouse. Um, so they're actually helping China uh, become the world a hegemon, and I think that's um, fulfilling um, a, a Rothschild point. And isn't um, Russia also joining uh, part of BRICS? So they're, they're joining. Yeah, they're, they got the BRICS thing going: Brazil, Russia, India. So, so the Rothschilds do they control Xi and that the whole China thing? They do. How does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> did I miss that? I mean, how, how did that happen? Do you know? Um, the uh, um, for. Centuries, going back centuries, yeah. um, the, the Vatican, like the, which is controlled really by by the mafia and a lot of uh, pow- powerful merchants like the Venetians, um, they they had um, extensive trade re- relations within China, um, and it was through those connections like that Rothschild was able to kind of insinuate himself into the Vatican um, first before moving over to Europe. Um, and so Wall Street uh, and um, the Rothschilds in, in concert with Yale University and these kind of nascent kind of Jesuit in, um, intelligence networks, uh, the um, Office of Strategic Services um, and, and other in, intelligence a- um, apparatus, they fueled the communist China. Her internet. They fuel the communist when she picks back up. One radio network.com. She's having a little internet, having a bad hair day, but it'll come back. Patrick Timpone and uh, the real world of money tomorrow, Wednesday, on the 12th of April. Um, frozen in time. You see, that's how you don't age, you just freeze in freeze time. <laughs> Susan, Earth to Susan. Also tomorrow, Varys Ahmad. Varys Ahmad. Really a cool guy when it comes to... Uh, okay, now we lost her totally. She'll come back on. This is OneRadioNetwork.com talking to Susan Brown. Crazy stuff. I mean, uh, you know... Okay, there you are. You're back. We lost yeah. you. Lost you for a moment. Okay, you were you were cut off there fueling the communist 
um, stuff with the um, Rothschilds in China. Correct. So the, the Rothschilds in the Vatican are behind, without exception, every mm. communist revolution throughout the world. And they were, the, the China is no exception. So they had uh, plans since World War II was at Yalta. They said that they wanted China to be the ruler of the New World Order and for the United States to be reduced to a bankrupt welfare state, which is what we're very close to being now. Really? Um, no, wait, 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 wait. So we're going to be a bankrupt welfare state and China is going to be the big dog on the block if the Rothschilds have their way. Correct. Whoa. This is not good. Not good. This is not good. So, um, but I don't understand. I still don't understand. You've got this guy, Xi, whoever he is, Xi, and he's got a billion and a half people and all the activity. Can you help me understand how a family like the Rothschilds can control these people? I mean, what do they threaten to kill them, or how do they control them? Do you know? I don't understand that. Um, they uh, they overthrow governments like through, through revolutions and war, and then implant their own people. Uh, in many cases, I don't know if this is the case with Xi. Um, they uh, their bloodlines, so they're actually related to the Rothschilds. Uh -huh. um, um, they have to work their way through the apparatus. I think she, he was a communist. So he was part of that the communist apparatus. And, and then in order to uh, to go through the ranks, you have to kind of you know serve that the wider agenda. Um, so this is a big plan going back uh, hundreds of years or thousands. Yeah. yeah, right. I guess it really goes back to the Roman Empire. <laughs> yes, but yeah. for the Rothschilds, last a few hundred years, and they tried to get it on. You know, it's interesting for what this is worth. Um, I've read some ancient texts that I trust, and I won't go into why I trust them, that say that, you know, right now we're doing the Aryan thing, the Aryan race are kind of running things, mm -hmm. but the next root race is the yellow race in this. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe we all should learn Mandarin, but who wants to be living with a bunch of global eye anyway? I mean, I guess everybody is, huh? Holy cow. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it has um, their driving motive is, is money and power. Money and, and I power. Think there's more to life. There's more to life than that, you know. And you I, it's money, power, absent any ethics, any social responsibility, any commitment to God or or to the community. It's just what you know. It's rational self interest. What will make? What will serve me? Yes. Uh, at the expense of others. Here's a good one from uh, Philippe. Can you guess? Mm -hmm. Give her opinion. What she believes this whole Russian. Ukraine war is about? That's a great question. We need to ask that. So, I mean, yes, what we're told, well, the media says that Russia just wants to take over the world and they just invaded them because blah, blah, blah. Now, the alternative media suggests that um, the, the neocons and, you know, and the globalists controlling them have been in there with Victoria Newland and installing their own little guy in there and that the... Um, the people we've talked to in Ukraine say that there's Nazis and Putin just, the only thing he didn't want is NATO being in Ukraine and that's what he's up to. But I suspect talking to you that there's the rest of the story to that one, even. There probably is. Um, now, um, the, the, the Rothschilds had a 200-year um, a contract with the, the British monarchy um and i, I know i'm going to go on a sub i'm, I'm going to get right. to what you're talking about. um 
that that ended in, in 2015. So after that point, the truth surrounding the Rothschilds and their governance kind of came to light. Um, one of the truths is that um, Israel was was not founded on a legitimate basis. Right. Um, the terms of the, the establishment were that it was to be run by a Jewish temple. Um, instead, Rothschild um, installed a um, a Knesset that was controlled by him. So that was a violation of, of the terms of the agreement. So the legitimacy of um, of Israel is in question right now. And that's why we're seeing a lot of turmoil um, in, in Israel. So. Um, my understanding is, is that um, the Ukraine is like a, a former, um, like the historic grounds of the Kazarians, and um, so this is an area that that the uh, the Rothschilds would like to make as like the new Israel or their their new uh, center of, of power, um, and uh, they're also kind of using the same you know d uh, divide and conquer tactic. Um, the Rothschilds have, uh, for centuries now, um, bankrolled uh, both sides of the war, um, and I think this is no exception. So th they're using th the war uh, in a way to um, try out new technologies. And I think uh, Peter Thiel has uh, discussed this of what what mm -hmm. Palantir has done. They're ex exploring new technologies, different um, like different ways of doing things. So I, th I think with with any war, you see like an, an overthrow. Of the old the establishment of the new and so this is going to be like a, a new system i think with new technologies and, and so forth that they're they're trying to to use uh, under the the cover of war mm -hmm. and that, that's so um china russia and iran and this whole gang and the bricks mm -hmm. silk road and all that this sounds like it's 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 against and fighting the world economic forum and globalism but but it's not really it's they're part I, of I it. They're part I of it. I think. I think they're part of it. I mean, I, I know that um, Russia and China separated from from America. Be, yeah. You know, due to their own corruption. Um, but uh, Rothschild controls Russia and China. And wow. during the, the Trump administration, a, a number of Trump uh, allies and I um, were working with Turkey to help to protect Turkey from sanctions after it was bundling money in, into um, Iran. Um, and the Saudis are also, um, you know, I believe they're, they're, they're Zionists, and they're, they're, they're very close to the Rothschilds. Um, uh, MBS, the, the Saudi prince, um, uh, is very cl is close to Epstein, for example. Oh, good. Very close to <laughs> <laughs> How would it show be if you didn't bring Epstein into it, you know? <laughs> Um, so that there's an Epstein connection there, um, and it's very good good friend with Kushner. So I think you see like they're the, you know they're not like two separate parts, but they're they're two parts um, kind of working against each other as part of a divide and conquer. And I think they want to destroy the United States and then possibly take up our assets afterwards. Sure, or sure. whatever. They Why can. not? As long as you're cleaning things up, just take all you can get, right? Just take all you can get. So for for us peeps in the in the in the cheap seats in the bleachers who know people like you and others we've talked to, we're just going to have to continue to figure out how to survive and thrive in all this madness. And that's gonna be we're gonna have to get creative, right? And who knows what kind of money we're gonna use. I mean uh, you know, I'm almost thinking at some point if I had a lot of money, which I, you know I don't, I would put them in paper dollars and put it in a safe and I think the dollar is going to be spendable my opinion I don't know I could be wrong for a long long time and you wouldn't have to get involved with 
you know, the whole central bank digital thing. Do you have any theories on that? I agree with you. I read that, um, I've heard a lot of, of, of um, uh, fear mongering that yeah. the dollar will be gone within a few months. But I, I've also I've read from the credible sources that it will be around for de- for decades to come. I would think they so. are trying to. Yeah. I think so. Too. They're trying to devalue it. Um, but I, I think you know part of the reason why I wrote this last book is that the system that they have was built upon layer upon layer of, of fraud and alleged criminal activity, yes, and I think that can be challenged. So what they're trying to create is illegitimate. It's illegitimate at the foundation and, yes. and through the, the yeah. structures. Yeah, yeah. So and of course, there's always gold and silver. I was just that's always going to work, right? We we believe that's going to work for a long period, but I thought of just spending, you know, buying meat. Uh, do you know of a fellow by the name of? Um, Benjamin Fulford? I do. Do you think he's credible? Um, <laughs> Your honest opinion, that's okay. I, I, I don't. And you don't. the reason for that, for, for, for that is that um, I saw you, I think he gave to Jeff Rents, if I'm not mistaken, in which he, he stated that uh, he's very much on board with the Rothschilds, that he admires them. Really? Um, so I think he's um, maybe the the Rockefellers have both and Rothschilds have both aligned and been at, at odds with each other, um, but I, I think that he is um, working with them and uh, I I think you know he spins some disinformation. Um, you know I'm not I, like I, there are things that he has has for example um, attributed to firefights in you know that um, some type of military white hats versus black hats that was really um, the, the things that have happened that were really done by litigation or, or mm-hmm. things that had nothing to do with firefights yeah. you know from, from what I, I can see so I don't really trust of, him. of ladies talked a great deal about that there are a lot of white hats and good guys and some other people as well, 107 and these people that suggest there are a lot of white hats out there that they're going to corral all these rascals and we're going to win. I mean, uh, is you think that's even possible? I guess um, anything's possible. I, I I think there are there are white hats, and, and the reason I, I say that is that the, the agenda that they had in store for us was so nefarious, yeah. and somehow it, it's not happening. Like it, it's uh, like the time is being pushed back, and and they're not able to get what they want um, enacted. So I, I think um, that wouldn't happen unless there are white hats um, working behind the working scenes. Behind. Uh, but I don't know who who those white hats are. To yeah. be honest with who you, knows? and and, and the big high level military people who've been in the military for a long time, I think it can, you can make a good argument. That they, that they're good people. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That, that they're probably they pretty the cool. Yeah, the public. yeah. They went in the military and they've been there for 30 years. I can't imagine they're all, they're all crackers, uh, psychopaths. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know, but at least not in uh, among the, the rank and file. Maybe the, the the leaders are because they'd have to be part of the club to be, to raise to rise to that level. But I think there are a lot of good people within the rank and file. Yeah. Absolutely. I met a very cool guy, Air Force five star, whatever he is, really way up there. And he's mm-hmm. the father of a girl that I fell madly, you know, so I got to know I got to know him. And he told me that he was offered a thing in the Joint Chiefs. They want him to be the Air Force guy. And he told me that some of the stuff that they were involved in, that they he would have to do, that he didn't want any part of. And he turned oh, it down. Oh, good for him. Interesting, huh? He turned it down. So that may be true. You know, that, that may, you don't get there unless you, you know, 
unless you do a deal with the devil. Right? I think that's true. I, I also remember that um, General Wesley Clark uh, came out against the, the neoconservative yes. you know, plan for this, you know, multiple theaters of war. Like yes, he, he's very passionate about that. He so did. There are good people. Oh, he said some pretty cool stuff about Iraq and Wesley Clark. I can't believe he's even still living. Okay, so uh, you got to bring her up because you know she's so so hilarious. Last part. So where does Hillary stand now? And she's right in the in the in the middle of this whole thing somehow. Yes, right? she is. And she's always <laughs> been he, her and Bill and the cocaine and all of that. Do you got any take on what she's about and where she's going and what she wants? Um, I believe that she's a university professor somewhere. Um, it could be, it might be Columbia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, somewhere. Um, she's somewhere. Um, uh, I, I haven't heard any any um, pronouncements that she wants to run for president. Um, I have heard that they want um, uh, Michelle Obama. <laughs> potentially oh, great. Be, oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, but then we've got you know Robert Kennedy, who I think is a, potentially a really good uh, character. Yeah, good he, he threw his hat in the ring. But just finally, then um, it's pretty. If the globalists are in control, Trump. I mean, then he's in in twenty four. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, who's going to keep him out if the globalists want him? So all this pushback. To recap a little bit, you believe this is just the drama to just to so people work harder for him, like. I think he raised, raised $10 million a day that he got indicted. $10 million. That is people sending, people sending money, probably more than that. So you think this is what it's all, it feels like that to me. I don't trust him, you know. Right. I, I think that, that would be his agenda. Like he obviously thinks that this is a great way to make money. You know, hey, I'm for the people. And um, I, I think um, he's damaged goods, though, um, that he might not really work as a Republican candidate this time around. Really? And, Unless you know, I, I, I might be mistaken on that, but I, I think my sense is that he he is damaged goods. Um, uh, um, but I, I don't know that he has a competitor. Um, I just I just don't see it as being him. And the scandals that have have dogged him, um, and they're, they're far more more insidious and and um, and crim, you know allegedly criminal than than what has even been reported and what he's been prosecuted for. So I think there could be more to come um, uh, with, with him. If and if they really want to, who's, so who would be the they that wants to keep him out if, if I thought almost everybody's a globalist, who would be really wanting to keep him out if Trump is a globalist? Well, who's running that show? I, I think it could be that he, he's just, um, he's damaged goods at this okay. point. He's just damaged goods and, and they'll figure out a way to keep him out and put somebody, this DeSantis guy, is he the real guy? People have alleged that he's a globalist as well. They all are. I think I think they they all are. I, I haven't uh, seen one who really is. I think that DeSantis would, would be another one. Um, and he does he talks a good game, but sure. I, I'm sure they also want Glenn Youngkin, you know, Virginia uh, governor of Virginia. He's also a globalist. Worked for the Carlisle Group. Oh. Well, I think um, I think it'd be good if if Michelle got in because it's always good to have another guy in the White House. You know. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> And that was terrible. So that was terrible. I, you know, sorry. That was a low blow. Had to be said. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michelle, uh, uh, Michelle, I called you Michelle. Susan, thank you very much. Uh, uh, thank you. A really good show. And uh, I mean, it's more crackers than I even thought. So that's always good. It's good to know. <laughs> it's good to know how crackers it is, right? So you can hold on it a second is. and you and I are going to do a quick little chat. And uh, tell folks at your website, it is SusanBradford.com. And what can they find there? Thank you. It's actually SusanBradford.org. Oh, um, sorry, and I dot have, org, sorry. 
Um, and I have connections to uh, to my books. Um, I'm also going to be launching a podcast fairly oh, soon, uh, soon and, and uh, articles. So you can find more information about my work and um, the reporting that I do on that webpage. It's funny. When I started this show 15 years ago, there were just a few people out there like, you know, me doing this thing, you know, and, you know, these podcasts. Now everybody has one. I mean, everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody has one, you know, but it's fun. You know, we might as well. All right, my dear, thank you. Take care thank of yourself. Thank you so much. Yeah, been an thank honor you. to have you here. Thank you. Oh, Patrick Timpone, One Radio Network.com, Susan Bradford. Uh, pretty, pretty. I mean, I think it's, I, it's, you know, it's just crazy, but it's good to know how crazy land the crazy is, I guess. I feel better, so I'm not worried. Okay, so let's do a little break here. We will see you tomorrow. And uh, Fred Jashevsky in the real world of money. And then we will. Uh, Talk with Varys Ahmad as well. Thank you for your ongoing support. If you feel moved by our content and you think we provide some things that others are not and they're worth something to you, we're really moving into more value for value so we don't have to depend on our commissions on, on product sales. So please uh, consider donating 10 bucks, 20 bucks a month, whatever, and just do it. You'll feel better and it'll be good. And you should always pay for stuff anyway. There's no free lunch, right? That's right. Okay, so, well, some people think there are. <laughs> Excuse me. Move to California. Everything's free there. Um, I will see you tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, may the blessings be. Thanks for being here. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs>